0: Sunday afternoon, have a great weekend. And a quick reminder, more news at WGNSradio.com. All Sports Talk is next. If it's
1: passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All Sports Talk is on News Radio WGNS.
2: All Sports Talk is sponsored by Good Neighbor State Farm Agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris and Deb Insel, Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates, Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. First Bank, Fat Willie's Sports Bar on River Rock Boulevard in Murfreesboro, Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care, and the Blue Raider Insider Report is sponsored by Mike Tansell and My Team Insurance, Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors, and Rayburn Insurance in Smyrna.
1: We put the all in all sports talk. From the preps to MTSU, we've got you covered. It's all sports talk on Brother County's Place to Talk.
3: Good afternoon, welcome to All Sports Talk. Beautiful day here in the borough, hope everybody's had a good one. Looks like we're going to have some nice weather at least till the end of the week uh, when we've got the big game, Super Bowl 58. It's got a lot of local flavor in it with the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers and we got somebody we're going to talk about that today. His name's Matt McMullen. Um, don't tell your mother I said this, but way back in the day, me and his mother were good friends. Bonnie Haskins played hoops out at Riverdale High School. And Matt, her son, is the um, the senior writer for Chiefs Online, or Chiefs.com. Let me get that right. Uh, for those who are more familiar with maybe the Titans, uh, he serves in the same capacity as Jim Wyatt does uh, with Titans
4: Online. So without further ado, Matt, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Monty, thanks for having me. Uh, It's an exciting time for the Chiefs, exciting time for for me being out here in Las Vegas, getting ready for this game, and I'm glad to spend some time with you talking about it.
3: Well, you know, I read some of your stuff this morning. Uh, They had the opening night, and it's quite a gala out there with all the um, interviews and the media days and whatnot, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's something else. Uh, It's really a true spectacle in a lot of ways. I had a chance to walk out with the team into the arena, which was at Allegiant Stadium, which was bigger than last year. Last year it was at the Suns Basketball Arena. So this year there was like 25,000 people on the stands. kind of felt like it was the opening ceremonies of the Olympics or something. Uh, But then once you get settled, there's media from all over the world. I mean, you hear every single accent you can imagine, every language uh, and then there's also just some shenanigans going on. And, of course, we're in Vegas. Like the Blue Man Group was there messing with the players. Uh, Carrot Top was walking around. So all kinds of crazy stuff. But it definitely makes it feel like you're here for a big event. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, some of the media events that I've seen over the year, I don't even know if football's even really talked about as much until you <laughs> get to the actual um, media day. They're, they're talking about everybody's personal lives and things like that.
4: Yeah, it's very true. It it is nice that here in a couple hours, we'll have the first real media session of the week where it's a bit more football centric, but it definitely seems like media night has turned into more of a, not in a bad way, but kind of a circus. (laughs) It's less about the football. It's more about uh, asking the guys the craziest questions and and trying to kind of catch them off guard. Uh, it's, It's something else for sure, but uh, again, kind of makes it feel like it's a big event. It's cool that it's at Allegiant Stadium, so you can see what the field and the stadium are going to look like for the Super Bowl, uh, and definitely gets the guys excited.
3: I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Taylor Swift. I'm uh, hoping she <laughs> makes the game. I'm sure uh, that uh, obviously has taken a life of its own own, but uh, I think it's cool. Um, I know the ratings uh, in Chiefs games have – Increased. I mean, you're gaining new fans. You're you're gaining uh, young girls, young girl fans. Of course, both my daughters are grown, but they're Taylor Swifties, you know. Um, That's (laughs) kind of been a neat and funny thing to track. There's obviously haters out there, but I think it's been a pretty cool thing for the NFL.
4: It really has been. It's been such a roller coaster. Uh, I remember back in week three when we played the Bears – that's when she first came to a game. And none of us knew that she was going to be there until she was there. And uh, it was just craziness uh, that that Taylor Swift was at one of our games. Uh, And now it's just become something that we're all kind of used to, which which is nuts. But it's been really great for Kansas City, I think, as a whole, not just the Chiefs. And Kansas City, as a community, has really undergone a resurgence here over the last 10 or 15 years with, of course, the Chiefs' success, but also the NFL draft being in Kansas City. We had a World Series parade a handful of years ago. Uh, just a lot of great things happening in our city. And, and Taylor taking an interest in Kansas City and, and putting eyeballs on Kansas City and, of course, the Chiefs as well has only kind of amplified that. So it's been wonderful. Uh, it's been very exciting for, for our community and our team. And, and you're so right. It really, I think it helped open up football to a whole new segment of fans that maybe wouldn't have been into it otherwise.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, well, let's get, let's get to the game. You know, when I think of the Chiefs' um, runs they've had to the Super Bowl with, um, you know, Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes, I'm, 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 I'm always thinking offense, offense, offense. Kind of a twist of irony here. This year they've had just a tremendous defense, and <clears throat> I thought when the game against Baltimore, it was like they, in the second half, they were like, hey, you know, let's just move the ball, eat some clock, punt the
4: ball because they're not
3: going to score on us
4: (laughs) yeah they found a way to play great complimentary team football and really the beauty of this Chiefs team is that over the course of the season they had to show some real resilience to get to where they are Uh, the Chiefs weren't the one seed this year I mean the the playoffs didn't run through Kansas City this year and they had to find a way to win some really difficult ball games in Buffalo and in Baltimore And, again, that shows the resilience of this team and how they they figured out how to win with this team. And you're so right. The defense is at the core of it. This defense, for whatever reason, really didn't get the credit. I think it deserved all year long. And even going into the Baltimore game, deservingly so, there was a lot of conversation about how good the Baltimore defense was. But I went into it thinking that our defense was better, (laughs) just based on a lot of the numbers and what we had done this year. And the second-half defense in particular has been just outstanding. So for eight straight weeks now, the Chiefs have allowed only single digits in the second half. And think about some of the teams they've played. They've played the Bills twice in that span, played Baltimore, uh, played the Bengals, played some really good teams, and no one is able to score on this team beyond maybe a touchdown or a field goal in the second half. And that will be paramount here on Sunday. They'll need to do it again, but the defense has been so good. Then conversely, Patrick Mahomes is a two-time MVP, a two-time Super Bowl MVP, uh, even though by the Chiefs' standards the offense hasn't been quite as prolific as it has been in the past, that guy knows how to win football games. And if you give a quarterback of his caliber uh, a defense that he's had this year, makes it very difficult for the opponent.
3: Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons maybe their defense went uh, went unnoticed because everybody was talking about drop passes, you know, and it, you know everybody was guilty of them there for a while. They seemed to rectify rectified that. Guys are making – Uh, key clutch catches particularly on third downs whereas they weren't earlier so uh, all the focus was like what's wrong with the Chiefs on offense and maybe some people weren't even paying attention
4: to what they were still able to do defensively for sure and the defense has kept them in games and then to your drop passes point I mean how about the poetry of the end of the Ravens game where one of our receivers Mark Valdez Scantling has had By his standards, a tough year at times. Had an opportunity to make some plays earlier this season and and didn't make them. But then on third and nine, when it's only a a one-score game, uh, it's before the two-minute warning. So if the Chiefs punt, the Ravens are going to have a chance with ample time on the clock to go and maybe tie the game. And Mahomes trusts Marquez Valdez-Scanling deep down the field against a zero blitz to make a play. And MVS came through. Uh, It really is poetic. Uh, Again, I think it shows the resolve and the resiliency of this team to trust in each other, even though they went through some tough times. And to me, that's the heart of a champion. That shows that this team has been there before. They understand the moment. And even though things might be difficult at times in maybe October or November or December, this team uh, just consistently over the years has found a way to elevate their level of play when it matters most. And we've seen that so far during these playoffs.
3: All right, you look at the other side of the ball. You know the Niners are loaded with weapons. Um, Brock Purdy's a, a very good young quarterback. I know people were trying to point out his uh, shortcomings, but he's <clears throat> he's been a heck of a. I mean, his record speaks for itself the last couple of years. So uh, it's kind of uh, there, there's a battle line right there, and, I, and you know, as just a casual onlooker. I'm not a hater of either one of them. I like watching them both play because I like the game. Um, one of my favorite players in the game right now is Isaiah Pacheco because I remember last year, I think, was he a rookie last year? Yeah. Yeah, it I, was. First time I saw him run the ball, Some this guy's got like some kind of chip on his shoulder. He he runs angry as hell, and, <laughs> and I just love watching him play. And I think that's a big key, can they get their – their running game going against the 49ers.
4: Yeah, I totally agree. He's such a fun player to watch, and he's a great story. He's a kid that's gone through a lot in his personal life and uh, is a seventh-round pick out of Rutgers and ends up being the leading rusher in the Super Bowl last year, had a great playoff run for the Chiefs last season and is doing it again uh, here this year. And you're right about the way he runs. I mean, he runs like every single carry is his last he has great power, but also great speed, runs a sub 4-4, and he's just been tremendous for this team. And really, to get back to the offensive discussion, this, this Chiefs squad offensively has really kind of found their formula here over the last five or six weeks where they funnel pretty much everything through three players outside of Patrick Mahomes. It's Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and Rashi Rice, who's our rookie wide receiver out of SMU. Those three players during this playoff run, so three games, have accounted for 771 scrimmage yards, 70% of the Chiefs' production, and Pacheco's a huge part of that. So I'm with you. I think this 49ers defense, number three scoring defense in the NFL, a lot of really good players and a good pass rush. I think establishing that run early with Isaiah Pacheco is key, and the Chiefs have done a good job of that here during this playoff run, did it against Baltimore, did it against Buffalo, and they'll surely need to do it again here against San Francisco.
3: Matt McMullen, he's the senior writer for Chiefs.com joining us today. He's out in Vegas. Uh, don't we wish we all were? But uh anyway, we'll take a quick pause and be right back.
4: Hey guys, if you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Be sure to schedule your health assessment at Low-T Center. They offer the convenience of physician-monitored, self-inject at-home testosterone treatments with an average payment of $150 a month, cash pay, including labs and medication. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or just need the convenience of at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy, shipping treatments directly to you. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's healthcare.
0: The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street across from the tall NHC building. All of the proceeds that we generate from our store goes directly back into the ministry for those programs that Greenhouse has. So we would just encourage people to come out and take a look. The Garden Patch offers competitive prices on name-brand
1: clothing, furniture, large appliances, household items, toys, and more. Shopping at the Garden Patch helps Greenhouse Ministries inspire, give hope, and change lives. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro.
3: In Rutherford County, you know how much it means to have neighbors you can count on. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama, here to help life go right when
0: you combine home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-890-0850 and let me save you money and time. Your home, your auto, together they're
3: where life happens. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me help you save by combining your home and auto.
2: Hello friends, Lenny Farmer with Jennings and
5: Ayers Funeral Home. More than I can count, we have taken care of families who were totally caught off guard with the passing of a loved one. There are so many details to tie up. It really can be overwhelming. Again, more than I can count are the comments from families who have pre-planned and pre-funded their or their loved one's funeral saying, it would have been a financial hardship had we not. Let me help you pre-plan. Call me at 615-893-2422.
1: All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSradio.com. Welcome back to All
3: Sports Talk. This portion brought to you by First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. Matt McMullen, join us today. He's the senior writer for Chiefs.com. Okay, let's um, – got a little MTSU flavor in this game, which is always uh-huh. cool for us around here. Uh, kind of an interesting twist. Um, Severius Ward, you know, an undrafted guy himself, um, started with the Chiefs, got a nice payday, went to the 49ers where uh, he made all pro this year. And then you've got Richie James – um, who started his career at San Francisco and is now with the Chiefs. And uh, <laughs> he's been very valuable in the return game. And, you know, he, he's he's he got good hands as well. So it's not surprising to see him go in there and catch a, ball, a couple balls from time to time. And, then, of course, we've got Darius Harris and Isaiah Gathings. I think he's on the practice squad. You can mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong. But a nice MTSU flavor in this game.
4: Yeah, it, it is interesting. And not – only did those players swap teams. Those players were on the other team during Super Bowl 54 a couple of years ago when the Chiefs and Niners played. So Trevorius Ward won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs against the Niners, and Richie James lost the Super Bowl with the 49ers against the Chiefs, and now they've swapped teams, and they're playing their former team here in the Super Bowl. And, uh, and both guys are big contributors. Uh, I'm happy for Trevorius Ward. He's a tremendous story, uh, as your listeners know. Really good player at MTSU. Went undrafted. The Chiefs traded for him uh, only a few weeks before the season, uh, several years ago, and ended up being a real core contributor for us. Got a big payday once he was a free agent and uh, has been really good for the Niners. He's an awesome guy, as you know, so very happy for him. And then Richie James has been a fun story. Uh, Had a good year for the Giants last year. Had some bad luck early this season. He got hurt in week two and missed a good chunk of the year. But he's come back for us during the latter half of the season and been our primary kick and punt return man. And the best thing I can say about Richie James, and I'll knock on some wood here, is that guy is reliable. And the Chiefs over the years have had a couple of uh, issues with uh, their punt and kick return game in terms of uh, fielding the ball cleanly. Uh, It was one of the uh, things they had to work through last year, uh, almost ended their season a few times. But Richie James consistently has been so reliable catching the football uh, amidst traffic, and he's also made some big plays. And even though he doesn't get a ton of targets offensively, when he does, he seems to make the most of them. So uh, excited for Richie James here in this game, and hopefully he can make a few plays against his old team.
3: Uh, now, Darius, didn't he leave and go to Oakland and then come back?
4: Yeah, Darius, uh, Darius is a good story as well. Uh, He's been one of those guys that kind of paid his dues for a while and uh, had a chance to, to start some games last year for us. Uh, wasn't on the team to begin the year, but uh, we had some injuries. Uh, Nick Bolton, our all-pro linebacker, got hurt midseason. He's back now, but uh, when Nick got hurt, uh, Darius came back. And Darius has been uh, active for several games. Hasn't played a lot defensively, but uh, played quite a bit on special teams. And Darius is a good example of why the Chiefs have been so successful over the years, that they have these guys – that maybe don't get drafted highly or nationally. People might not know their name, but they can be relied upon in big spots because they've been around here. They know the culture, they know the playbook and they know what's expected of them and they can come through in big moments. And I remember a game last year against the uh, Raiders on Monday night, the chiefs were down 17, nothing at one point came all the way back. And Darius uh, had a sack on uh, Derek Carr uh, to win that game uh, for the chiefs. So Darius is a good player. Uh, really good special teamer and uh if he's called upon in this game i I trust he can make some plays
3: you know you bring up the raiders and the chiefs i'm sitting there uh and i always watch the chiefs on because i you know like everybody else in the country they want to see what crazy behind the back pass (laughs) houdini stuff that mahomes does but i remember watching that game and i'm like man they're going to do good getting the playoffs the way they're playing right now, <laughs> you know, because Oakland just killed them. But it seemed like that game woke them up,
4: or I don't know. What was your thoughts on that? I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, that Christmas Day game, uh, Coach Reed has even called it a wake-up call for this team. Uh, that was a game where the defense played really well, but the offense turned the ball over. And after the game, the, the players just said it wasn't acceptable and that – Uh, You can't expect us to show up and and beat a good team like the Raiders. And I get the Raiders didn't make the playoffs, but that was a team that was hungry for a victory against a division rival, and they beat us in our place. And, again, the exciting thing about this Chiefs team is I think that was a crossroads moment. Uh, That could have been a moment where uh, the guys shrugged their shoulders and said it isn't our year, or they can use that as motivation and fuel to finish the year strong and to make a playoff run. And fortunately, it was the latter. The Chiefs had not lost since that game. Uh, the very next week, we beat uh, a scrappy Bengals team. Our uh, reserve players uh, beat the Chargers in the final week of the season. And then we beat the Dolphins in the fourth coldest game in NFL history, went to Buffalo, beat the Bills, and went to Baltimore and beat the Ravens. And I really think uh, the guys would point to that Christmas Day game against the Raiders and say that was the moment that – uh, everyone kind of looked each other in the eye and said, we're going to need to elevate our level of play if we're going to get to where we want to go. And you never want to lose games, and that was a bummer <laughs> of a Christmas. But depending on what happens in the Super Bowl and even the fact that the Chiefs have made it this far, I think a lot of guys would look back at that game and say maybe maybe losing that game the way that they did was good for this team because it, it definitely served as a wake-up call, and uh, they've emerged out of it much better than they went into it.
3: And you alluded this to this at the beginning of our conversation, um, and and I'll expound on it a little bit. I remember, all right. They start looking at the playoff matchups. Well, okay, well, Mahomes has never played on the road in the <laughs> playoffs. Now he's got to go to Buffalo. Then he got to go to Black. I mean, he got to go to um, Baltimore. And you know, me again, who watches a lot of football, I thought this was Baltimore's year. But as the game went on, I was like, man, nah, Kansas City's got this.
4: Yeah, I think one of the things that is exciting about this time of year and this uh, era of football for Chiefs fans is that Mahomes is always going to give it his absolute best. And no matter what happens during the regular season, you're still going to have to go through Mahomes in the AFC. And this was, like you said, the first time that he hasn't had, he hasn't had a home game. Throughout the playoffs, he's had to go on the road a little bit here during this playoff run. But even though he had to go on the road, the AFC still went through him. And I think when the story of this Chiefs run is told one day, I think this season will be one of those that people look back on and say, man, some teams in the AFC, whether it be the Bills or uh, the Dolphins early in the year or the Ravens, they thought maybe this was their year that the AFC was going to run through them. And Patrick Mahomes still found a way. Uh, to get back to the Super Bowl and to have the AFC go through Kansas City, even though it wasn't physically in Kansas City. And uh I think it's important to remember, I have to remind myself of this because I'm around the guy all the time, but this is a true historic <laughs> legendary quarterback that we're watching who has been a starter in the NFL for six seasons. And his season has never ended shy of the AFC championship game at home in overtime. <laughs> that is the, The quickest this season has ended. And, of course, he's now on the Super Bowl for the fourth time uh, in six seasons as a starter. This will be his fourth Super Bowl start, uh, the third most of any quarterback in NFL history already. Only Tom Brady and John Elway have more Super Bowl starts after Patrick starts uh, this fourth Super Bowl on Sunday. And he's only 28 years old. Yeah. So this run of football has been unbelievable. Uh, And to do it the way that he did— I'm almost kind of glad that we didn't get the one seed in retrospect because this playoff run has been just nothing short of epic. Uh, And to go into Buffalo and to go into Baltimore and win uh, just says a lot about our quarterback.
3: All right, Matt, um, had a great great visiting with you. Tell your mom hello and uh, enjoy your time in Vegas.
4: Yeah, I will uh, appreciate you having me on, Monty. Uh, great talking with you, and uh, hopefully, I'm talking with you in the future about a Chiefs victory.
3: Yeah, let's do it again sometime.
4: <laughs> Looking forward to it.
3: All right, that's Mac McMullen joining us today on All Sports Talk. Uh, again, is senior writer for Chiefs.com. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report.
1: Listen each weekday morning at 9 o'clock for the roundtable here on News Radio WGNS. Interesting hosts and guests with the news, views, politics, sports, and people that are shaping
0: Rutherford County.
1: Here on News Radio
0: WGNS. Good afternoon, still pretty saturated out here on 40 east at Fessler's, making your way out towards the airport. It's heavy now on 65 north and southbound here at Wedgwood, making your way past 440 as you continue south of Nashville on 65, down into Brentwood, Franklin, still running a little bit slow, 24 westbound as you head towards the Jolton area there at OHB where we had an earlier crash, and watch for some radar on 24 out through parts of Rutherford County. A 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services right here in middle tennessee it's tomahawk crane and rigging they're online check them out at tomahawkcrane.com. i'm commander chuck with your on-time traffic if you're not waking up to the wake-up crew
1: here's what you've been missing you can only get that on the wake-up crew right yes
2: <laughs> no one else is talking about it at all
1: don't miss the wake-up crew with john brian and dalton 615- 893-1417 and let me show you with discounts up to 40% you may find it even costless. less. At State Farm when home and auto works as a team you score and save money. I'm State Farm agent Bud Morris. Give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let's work together to win big by saving money on home and auto. Whether you need general vehicle upkeep and maintenance or a complete vehicle overhaul Hall's Auto Care is here for you. We're locally owned and operated by Greg Hall and have been in business since 2014. You'll get excellent service and trustworthy advice with Halls Auto Care. a rated with the Better Business Bureau. We're ready to help get you safely on the road. Halls Auto Care, 907 Ridgely Road, just off Broad Street behind Chili's. Online at hallsautocare.net. Halls Auto Care.
2: NEXT ON WGNS AND ALL SPORTS TALK, IT'S THE BLUE RAIDER INSIDER REPORT WITH CHIP WALTERS OF EXIT REALTY BOB LAMB AND ASSOCIATES, BROUGHT TO YOU BY RAYBURN INSURANCE, RAI ADVISORS AND MY TEAM INSURANCE. THE REPORT COMING UP AFTER THIS.
0: ARE YOU PAYING HUNDREDS OF DOLLARS TOO MUCH FOR YOUR HOME AND AUTO INSURANCE?
1: All sports talk on News Radio WGNS, on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSradio.com.
5: Well, good afternoon, everybody, and let's start out with women's basketball today. The Lady Raiders battled through early runs from Liberty but won the battle of halftime adjustments, outscoring the Flames 45-26 in the second half and route to an 81-55 win in Thursday night at the Murphy Center. The Lady Raiders now 8-0 in Conference USA and 18-4 overall were locked into a tight battle early in the proceedings but found a defensive plan that worked wonders in the second quarter holding the Flames to just 4 for 17 from the floor including an 0 for 7 stretch in the to the in the half resulting in a 36-29 lead for Middle at the break Savannah Wheeler also found her shooting touch in the second frame scoring all 12 of her first half points including a pair of three-pointers during that second quarter. Elsewhere in Conference USA last night, there was one game, and that saw Jacksonville State get a two-point win on the road at Sam Houston, 58-56. And coming up tomorrow at 1 p.m., Lady Raider basketball against FIU, you can hear it right here beginning at 1230 with the old pro Dick Palmer and Kyle Turnham. They will be facing FIU, a team they beat by 30 a couple of weeks ago down in Miami. Liberty will be at Louisiana Tech, Jacksonville State at Western Kentucky, and UTEP will be at New Mexico State. So as the uh, two teams, or as the Lady Raiders move on, they are currently 8-0 in Conference USA, Just one game ahead of FIU, who has still continued to win. Western Kentucky, Liberty is 5-4. Jacksonville State, 4-5. New Mexico State and UTEP are 3-5. Louisiana Tech is 2-6. And and Sam Houston is 1-8. Not a good night in Lynchburg for the Blue Raiders last night. Liberty led wire to wire in an 88-53 win over the Blue Raiders at Liberty Arena. Elias King was the forward tough player of the game as he led middle with 19 points. The Flames are now 15-9 overall and 4-5 in Conference USA. They jumped out to an 11-2 lead and never looked back. The Blue Raiders dropped to 8-15 overall, 2-6 in the league. They were shorthanded due to injuries and illness last night. Their best run was a 7-0 spurt starting with eight minutes left in the ballgame. Liberty shot 56% from the floor and 54% from three, while Middle shot 36% from the field with a 30% clip from long range. Elias King was seven of nine from the floor, including three of five from three-point land. He and Jared Coleman Jones tied for the team lead with five rebounds apiece. After the game, the Blue Raiders flew to Miami where they get ready for a one o'clock game against FIU tomorrow. The Blue Raiders have won 16 of 22 games played in Miami between the two schools and 35 of the 47 games all-time played between the two. That will be a one o'clock tip as well. You can hear it on Classic Hits 93.3 and one in the borough and also streaming on the Varsity Network and the MTSU Athletic app. Also last night, Sam Houston was a loser at Jacksonville State, 79-68. Elsewhere tomorrow, Western Kentucky will be at Jack State, Louisiana Tech at Liberty, and New Mexico State at UTEP. Blue Raiders softball is underway for the 2024 season. Middle Tennessee went to the West Coast to begin the year to play five games in a tournament hosted by Sacramento State and Cal Davis. Earlier today, the Blue Raiders dropped a 4-2 score, to Cal Davis and are playing St. Mary's right now. Tomorrow, Middle will face Cal Poly in Sac State. Game one will be at 11.30 a.m., the second at 2 p.m., wrapping up the first weekend of games. Middle will have a single game on Sunday at San Jose State, first pitch slated for 11.30 a.m. Central Time. All right, that is it for today. We'll have another update for you coming up on Monday, but don't forget Blue Raider and Lady Raider basketball coming up tomorrow on the Blue Raider Network.
3: Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Appreciate Matt McMullen joining us today with Chiefs Online. All right, high school basketball last night: Rockvale 75, Riverdale 66 in girls play, and Central Magnet down Lawrence County 60 to 40, good win for them. Rockvale 74, Riverdale 67 in boys in overtime. And Central Magnet, uh, a good win again uh, over Lawrence County, 55-43. to So, tonight is the final night of the regular season in high school action with the tournaments all beginning next week. Uh, I can tell you tonight, it's Oakland at Green Hill. They have finished district play, uh, which is going to get kind of wild, it looks like, uh, Looking like on the girls' side, um, could have Blackman and Riverdale, possibly, on the boys, um, playing in the play, play-in game against Riverdale, who they got beat by recently. Now, if, if Blackman were to upset Siegel tonight, uh, you would have a three-way tie with uh, – all four and four teams, Oakland, Rockville, and Blackman. Um, So, uh, who knows? Siegel and Riverdale in the girls play in game also. Um, Siegel, as I said, uh, Blackman at Siegel, um, Cookville at Stewart's Creek, Laverne at Smyrna, and Fayetteville at Eagleville. Boys game is for first place, and the number one seed in that uh, district. I believe Fayetteville won the first matchup in overtime. Two Miss Basketball finalists, uh, Daisy Gale. Of course, we talked with Tara James about her yesterday. And also at Central Magnet, Addison Melton, uh, Miss Basketball finalist. So congratulations to those two uh, young ladies. Uh, These tournaments are going to be interesting. You've got a lot of – there's nothing really clear cut other than, you know, I could be wrong, but I think Seagull boys are firmly uh, the best boys team. And after that, it's a crapshoot. I think over in District 7, Cookville and Lebanon girls look to be the – um best two teams there and that's something worth uh taking notice at when you talk about will rutherford county get a girls team in the state tournament or even in the region finals because the top two teams here in this district are oakland and blackman take your pick they're both have one league loss um I'm not – I don't know that they can handle either Lebanon or Cookville or not. You know, we'll have to see. But it will be a tough road uh, just to get to the region finals. (laughs) All right. Um, PCA, uh, they play tonight. Uh, Their girls do. Their boys have already won their first-round game, so – They'll wrap up at District Tournament this weekend. Um, and uh, Central Magnet, I've not seen their brackets yet, so I'm not sure. I do know the um, District 8 tournament is at Oakland. And the District 7 tournament is at Laverne this year. And the region, <clears throat> I'm not sure. Um it used to be if you hosted the district, you went ahead and hosted the region. You just rotated it year after year in between the – but I'm not sure how that's going to go. Um, all right. Uh, NFL. That's a big game this week. Uh, first of all, some other things. Um, Hall of Fame yesterday, Dwight Farini – um, Andre Johnson, great wide receiver. Devin Hester, he was a receiver, but he's going in basically because he's the best return guy in the history of the game. Took him a little while to get in there, but I'm glad he did. I mean, he he dictated the outcome of many games. Uh, Randy Gratishar, going we'll have to go back a ways on that, old school linebacker. Patrick Willis, you know, only played about, what, six, seven years, retired early, but he was all pro or made the Pro Bowl every year. Steve Mongo McMichael, uh, the sixth Hall of Famer from that Great Bears 86 defense to go into the Hall. And he's not doing very well either. So glad he got in, not, you know. Um, He's in bad shape. Julius Peppers, tremendous athlete, tremendous two-sport athlete in uh, college. You know, he was a good player for the North Carolina basketball team. The most valuable player, Lamar Jackson, no surprise. Coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski from Cleveland. I don't think you can argue that. They lost their quarterback. They played four or five different ones. Assistant coach of the year. Browns' defensive coordinator, uh, Jim Schwartz, former Titan coach. Comeback player of the year, no-brainer, no, no brainer, uh, Joe Flacco, literally on his couch every Sunday. Offensive player of the year, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, defensive player of the year, Browns' edge man, Miles Garrett. Offensive rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud with the Texans. Defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson with the Texans. So, their draft picks uh, came out great. Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year. Steelers defensive tackle Cameron Hayward. Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Seattle Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner. And the Deacon Jones Sack Leader Award goes to the Steelers, T.J. Watt. 49ers favored about one and a half. Should be a great game. All right, you listen to All Sports Talk. We'll take our final break and be right back.
0: days with us. Rick and Bubba. We're on
3: WGNS each weekday from noon till 2 on Rutherford County's Good Neighbor Station,
0: News Radio, WGNS. Good afternoon. Still running pretty slow over here on 40 East at Festler's as you continue out into Donaldson passing the airport. It's heavy, but it's looking pretty decent on uh, 40 East out there through Wilson County. There's still a lot of traffic coming through Antioch right now. 24 East headed out towards Murfreesboro, Rutherford County. It remains heavy. 65 going north as you head up through. Madison towards Vietnam Vance. Prince's Hot Chicken, they've got you covered for the big game coming up on Sunday. Uh, check out that menu at Prince'sHotChicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
5: We do it your way at yeah. Sir Pizza.
0: You can order Murphy Spurls' favorite pizza online, SirPizzaTN.com. Carry out and delivery for dinner tonight at SirPizzaTN.com.
2: all sports talk on news radio wgns has been brought to you by state farm agents andy warmick bud morris and deb insel chip walters with exit realty bob lamb and associates first bank mike Tansel with my team insurance parks auction company greg hall with hall's auto care steve ruckert with rai advisors fat willie sports bar jennings and airs funeral home and rayburn insurance in smyrna